So we doing okay on a Sunday morning? Yeah. Hey, it's good to be back. How many of you guys have do not know me? Maybe, okay, there's a few of you here. I've been here a couple times over the past couple of years to uh, share. For those of you that don't know me, I'm a rodeo announcer, just some random rodeo announcer from Missouri that apparently gets jobs every now and then. Um, a lot of fun, a lot of fun doing what I do, and uh, primarily been focusing on ministry, and uh, it's kind of cool because the thing, <laughs> announcing, it's, it's opened up a lot of doors um, for ministry, and I try to use it as a platform. I'm going to try to use, use that today. Um, let's go ahead and put this uh, title page up here, and I want you to look at this. Dream big. That's what we're talking about today. Because, you know, some of you guys are sitting in these seats today, and you are just, you're dead. I mean, like, let's just be honest this morning. Some of you guys have been just, you're just here living. Like, you're just living here. Not, no purpose, no purpose. I want you to know today, this is one of the biggest things God has called us to do. Dream big and go get it. Dream big and go get it. Now, I'm not going to stand up here. I'm not going to stand up here today and say that, Everything's going to be easy, and those dreams are going to be exactly how you thought they were going to turn out. And that's not the case. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. But sometimes God does other things in the midst of all that that changes our course. And uh, I'm going to be in several places in the Bible today, but I'm going to, I've got some notes. And uh, for those of you that were here last time, I talked about what was your Jericho, breaking down the walls. You know, sometimes things are easy, and we show up thinking that it's going to continue to be easy. And then God says, no, wait a minute, hold on. Do you not forget who's in charge here? Listen to me. And uh, I was reading a book at the time by Mark Batterson called The Circle Maker. Well, I've got another book by Mark Batterson called Chase the Lion. And I'm pretty much, I'm not going to lie to you, I'm going to use his stuff today. I'm just the messenger. But you know what? I was, it's pretty cool because I was reading something about him. And he said, this is why I'm here is for to inspire people, and I hope, I hope other people are inspired, and they inspire others, and because um, that's a part of his dream, so it's kind of cool. He doesn't even know me. I don't even know him just through his books, but I'm living out his dream right now by speaking to you, which is kind of cool, but the first part of this today is uh, dream big, and I want you to remember this bottom line. If you guys are taking notes, I want you to write it down. If your dreams don't scare you, they are not big enough. And you know, at the rodeo, um, when we close it down every night after the last bull rider gets on, I didn't say the bull rider rode. <laughs> when he gets on, that's one of the things, one of the things that uh, I say at the end of the rodeo is if your dreams don't scare you, they are not big enough. But uh, before we get in depth, I want to share something with you. So uh, last week, my pastor at home used this visual and it worked out really good. Um, he wanted to make an emphasis on his Sunday sermon, so he got four worms and placed them in four separate jars. The first worm was put into a jar of alcohol. Just bear with me, okay? Bear with me. First worm was put into a jar of alcohol. The next worm, it was put into a jar of cigarette smoke. The third worm was put into a jar of chocolate syrup. And then the fourth worm was put in, I better say soil today, because i got an ag teacher with me, uh, was put in a jar of soil. And um, the purpose of this was, in all the conclusion of the sermon, a pastor reported the following results. The first worm in the alcohol, it was dead. It was dead, no longer. The second worm in the cigarette smoke, it was dead too. And the third worm in the chocolate syrup, dead. And the final one, it was in this pot of soil, it's still alive. So the pastor asked the congregation, he said, what can you all learn from this today? And some lady in the back stands up and she says, well, as long as you drink, smoke, and eat chocolate, you won't have worms. <laughs> so that's my, that's my funny one for the day. Yeah, there you go. I like this guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, I always try to have something funny to start out with. It just kind of breaks the ice. You know, I saw some of us during worship, we were kind of, kind of had our hands in our pockets and maybe I'd hit another chord and Maybe I saw your thumb sticking out of your front pocket, and then maybe by the chorus, your, your hand was down here by the side, and then by the end of the song, you were scratching your head like, man, this guy is terrible. Get him out of here. No, I'm just kidding. We just want to break the ice here today. But hey, if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. If you're going after something that's so easy that you can do it yourself, it ain't worth going after. 
And maybe that's just my opinion today, but I think God wants us to dream big stuff that he can only have a part in. Because that's the cool things. Because he is going to get the glory at the end of the day. So my first, my first title today, as we get started, is Surrender or Charge. And uh, I actually couldn't find, I promise you I'm not making up this story. I, I just, I couldn't find the actual story online. Um, but I think it happened just right over here in the Panhandle of Texas around Canadian. Because um, I've been announcing their 4th of July rodeo the last three years and I've gotten on a little history, but anyway, apparently the, the Henry repeating rifle had just, had just came out, and these Texas Rangers, they were on patrol, and um, I don't want to offend anybody here this morning, like this really happened, but these Comanches or some kind of Indian raid, they raided them just on their normal routine, and um, these Texas Rangers, they hunkered down in, the, in this uh, ravine around their horses, and, uh, man, they fought off all them Indians with them Henry repeating rifles. And it got back to the story, got back east, and that's how it became famous. Like, everybody wanted a Henry repeating rifle because these Texas Rangers survived this, uh, this attack. And what's really cool is uh, we, can, we can go back into the Bible, and we're going to get into some Scripture here in just a second in 2 Samuel. But, uh, and you have to bear with me, I'm terrible with these names um, I'm terrible with barrel racer names too, apparently, and their horse's name. But um, anyway, ben, I think it's Benaniah. He was, there's a story in the Old Testament where he's walking along, just walking along, carrying on his own business, and the next thing you know, he's in this pit with a lion, and he's got a decision to make. He's either got to fight this lion, or he's going to die. And um, in the scripture, it talks about how he crawls out, he crawls out of this pit, and everybody's there watching him, and he killed this lion, I don't know if you've all ever been around. I've been to the zoo once, once, and them lions are big. <laughs> they're big, and they're scary. And, I mean, it would take his supernatural, supernatural ability to be able to kill a lion. But he does it because God's power through him. But, you know, he had a decision to make at that moment, just like them Texas Rangers. Them Texas Rangers had a decision. They're just, they're just out riding along, patrolling. Everything's going just fine. Next thing you know, they're getting raided. They're getting raided. They're getting shot at. Their lives are on the line. They had to make a decision. We're going to fight. We're going to fight and stay alive. Just like Benaniah here, he had to fight to stay alive. He kills this lion, and nobody, nobody can believe the story. Even though there was people there. I'm trying to be in the Texas Rangers. They ride back to headquarters. Man, we just, we just killed off 30-some whatever. We don't even know what it was. Well, that sounds like a, the big fish story. You know, I caught this big old bass, but it come off my hook at the last minute, you know? It's just not believable, but only God, only God can do that. So when we're chasing our dreams, we got we to gotta make a decision. We're either going to have to surrender and just be dead and be okay with where we're at. Like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine sitting in this seat on Sunday mornings. I'm good. I don't need to do anything. These people over here, they got it under control. You got to surrender or charge. Well, I'm telling you right now, I want to lead the charge. I want to get up. I want to get up out of that seat, and I want to go do something with my life. I don't want to be satisfied with where I'm at. I want to keep going. I want to keep growing. And, uh, man, I know God's going God's gonna to be involved, and, you know, it's not always going to be easy. And I'm going to share some stories today about um, some stories in my life that have been hard and uh, pursuing my dream. Because my dream was to be a rodeo announcer at five years old. And, um, and it turns out I'm 25 now, so 20 years later... I'm living out this dream that was instilled, instilled in me as a five-year-old. And it amazes me, and, and I don't set up here to, to be on this pedestal today, but it amazes me the people that I share my story with, they're like, oh my goodness, like, how in the world can, how in the world can you just do that? I'm like, um, I, don't, I don't know. Like, it just, I had to make a choice. Like, that's what I wanted. Like, everybody has that dream, whether it's to be a professional. Like, at one point, I think I wanted to be a professional baseball player. I was a left-handed pitcher, and I'll get to that here in a minute. And um, like there's all sorts of ideas that roll through our head, but we have to make a decision of what we're going to do to go get it because that moment is going to determine the rest of your destiny. And so the scripture we have today, 2 Samuel 23, 20, we'll put this up there. There was no way, we'll just skip those names. A valiant warrior from, hey, let's skip that one too. He did many heroic deeds, which including killing two champions of Moab and another time on a snowy day, why it was snowy, I have no idea. Maybe just to make the conditions that more intense. I don't know. He chased a lion down a pit 
and he killed it. And I'm sure there was some crazy sympathy music in the background if this was a Hollywood movie. Um, but that happened, Second Samuel 23, 20. And that's the first step, surrender or charge. And I'm telling you, I'm going to charge. And I just want you to know, I'll, I'll, I'm going to be a charger, and I want you to come with me. Can we do that today? Let's, let's, we're going to be chargers after it's all over with. But every dream, you have to come to this point and realize that it's not about showing up to the finish line. You know, it's easy to start a race, and uh, or it's hard to start a race, but it's harder to finish it. And you have to go after something that only is destined to fail without divine intervention. So what is your dream? What, what are you chasing that you're just sitting back thinking, there is no way, there is no way this could ever happen. If that thought is going through your mind right now, that is God telling you to get up out of your seat. Get up out of your seat and go chase it. Go chase him. Like I, I don't want to offend nobody. The Indians are coming. Grab your Henry rifle. I'm just, that was my story today. I mean, that's a true story that happened a long time ago. It's not like that anymore. But I'm just saying, grab your Henry rifle, bear down behind your, your horse, and let's go. But my next slide, my next slide, well, I got, I got one more. If you're, if you're getting chased by a lion, you've got a decision to make. And that decision will change your destiny. So that's the end of the surrender charge. So we're going to charge that lion, no matter what that lion is. And our next point today is dreaming to doing. You know, it's easy. It's easy to sit around and dream. I mean, how, how many of you guys have ever had a dream before? I mean, just it can be a cheesy dream, you know. Maybe it's to open a restaurant. I don't know. Open your own business. Be a school teacher. Whatever that may be, professional baseball player. Maybe it's just to be a dad, be a mom, be a stay-at-home mom. I've heard that one before, ladies. So there you go. There's something to look forward to someday. Uh, dreaming to doing. So every dream, every dream is created twice. The first, the first thought is a mental thought saying, okay, that'd be kind of cool. So every, every business building that has ever been created was first instilled in somebody's mind. This building that we're in, somebody had a vision to have a stockyards here a long time ago, and they wanted to build one. So they did. And look, it's, it's turned out okay. And, um, and another thing, I want to emphasize this. So you're, these are God-given dreams. I mean, you know, God gives us the desires of our hearts to go chase after what's going to further his kingdom. You know, where, where, do, where does Corey need to be to further God's kingdom? I feel like that is in the rodeo business. There's a, there's a dire need for Jesus right now in our industry. And there's me and uh, guys like Chuck Swisher and Dusty Tuckness. Those guys are bullfighters. I mean, man, they're, they're solid. They're solid. And that's what they're here for. They're, they're professional bullfighters. They use their platform for their ministry. And I feel like I'm right behind it. You know, Justin McKee, he, he was my inspiration. Little, it's What's crazy is the guy that inspired me was not a pastor at the time he was inspiring me. And um, by the time I met him, Justin was a, a pastor at a church about 50 miles west of northeast Oklahoma where I went to college. And uh, since then, Justin and I have become really good friends. But it's really cool um, because Justin uses his platform for ministry, and he is doing great, crazy, crazy things. And here in a couple of weeks, Clayton Patterson's going to be here. Um, he used to work at the Best Hat Store. And, man, that kid's got some dreams, too. And he, I don't know what he's going to be sharing about, but he is just unbelievable. But So there are some guys here that, that have been instilled in this business to further the kingdom. And that's why I'm here today, to share this with you. And, um, you know, it's the first thought, it's a single-cell idea. And the second, the second creation is physical. It's the blood, it's the sweat, and the tears that you're going to put in to making this dream a reality. And... Um, I don't know what that dream may be. You know, I, I feel like I'm talking to a lot of farmers and ranchers today. And speaking from experience, I'm fixing to change my whole cow herd. We've got a commercial cow business back home, and we're going to be changing our bulls. And I've got some guys going to be lined out to maybe buy my replacement heifers. And um, that's one of my dreams is to have a, have a huge cattle operation. And I, and I want to be able to, I think, I think God's going to use my announcing career as well as the cattle business and kind of mold that together for my ministry, and, uh, you know, just being in touch with these cattle buyers, and um, it's going to be a cool deal, but the first step, the first step in, in taking that step to have good replacement heifers for me, we've got to get good bulls, and we've had good bulls in the past, but, you know, there's, um, 
there's some guys up in Garden City, and there may be some, somebody may sell me a bull today. I don't know. <laughs> Not on Sundays. Um, the Gardner Ranch up here at Garden City. I've had a lot of people tell me that I need to get their bulls in, and there's some, set, they call them satellite ranches. They're really, the, they're guys that are on their own, but they're doing the same thing as Gardner, and they've learned everything from them guys, and it's a great Angus operation, all fo- focused on commercial. The first step is for me to go buy one of their bulls. My dream is never going to come true and have good replacement heifers if I don't have good bulls to say, hey, look, these girls are all out of this, this bull, you know, or these bulls here. And you know, with that gardener name, like, that's going to help them. That's going to help them out a lot when, they, um, when I go to sell them, whether that be video or sale barn or wherever. And um, so maybe that's you today. Maybe you're wanting to have good replacement heifers. Maybe, maybe you want to be a pro roper, a uh, team roper. Um, yours is going to start by roping the dummy. Um, so if you're dreaming of being a roper, rope the dummy, rope the dummy every chance you get. Don't kids don't go inside. This is a whole nother sermon. Don't go inside and watch TV and play video games. <laughs> get outside and do something. But if you want to be a roper, get a rope and start roping stuff. Rope your sister. I don't care. <laughs> she might care. If you want to like Mark Batterson, I'm going to share his. He wanted to write books. His obedience was on the keyboard, typing stuff up, typing stuff up all the time and saving it, typing stuff up and saving it and going back and saying, no, no, no. And I mean, he's wrote seven or eight different books now, and he's got a huge church in Washington, D.C. And um, so this is all about obedience. You know, you can dream it all you want, but until you're obedient enough to say, okay, God, I'm going to go do this, it's never going to work. It's never going to work. And uh, the hardest part, the hardest part of finishing is starting. You know, I, I say all the time, I mean, I, I know looking at me, I don't look like I'm very athletic, but I can run the mile pretty decent for my size, and I like to run, but for some reason, it is so hard to get in a habit of running every day, and you know, with my schedule, like it's just, like there's some mornings I have to get up at three o'clock to come to Woodward, Oklahoma to speak, <laughs> And then there's other mornings, you know, we're up till midnight, one o'clock because rodeo slack's going on. And then you got to get up at six and do it all over again the next day. And there's just, I make excuses all the time, but I need to, I need to sit down. And I need to prioritize it. Okay, if I'm going to be a runner, maybe I should make a goal that say, I'm going to run a marathon. I know my mom, she runs all the time. Like she's 50 some years old and she'll outrun everybody in here and then some. Like she's crazy and she don't even have to train. And, uh, and that inspires me. Maybe that dream, if I'm going to say I'm going to be a marathon runner, it's going to have to start on the track, or it's going to have to start on the gravel road, wherever, you, wherever you're going to run or work out or whatever that may be. Um, your dream will never exceed your imagination. And uh, the hardest part, like I said, the hardest part of finishing is just getting started. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, you know, God's not going to say, he won't say well-planned, good and faithful servant. He's not going to say well-planned, good and faithful servant. He's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You notice the difference between those two. Well-planned, as in, oh yeah, it was a great idea, but you never did it. And then to, hey, you got it done. You got the job done. Thank you. And... um Dreaming to do. 2 Corinthians 10.5. And we're going to put that up here. So we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God, but we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And that's the uh, New Living Translation version. And I've got the uh, NIV version right here. And I'm going to jump down and read one of these footnotes. Um, one of these footnotes that has something to do with this scripture. But... Um, but it's well, well planned. That's not what God's going to say. He's going to say, well done, good and faithful service. So it says, thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. When it says obey Christ, that's not talking about these, these laws that they have written. I mean, it's, we're talking about doing what God is calling you to do. What is he calling you to do today? What is it that you're supposed to be going after? You know, there's so many times, like you sit down, like if I sit down with uh, one of my grandparents, they're all going to sit there and say, man, I wish I'd have done this. You know, when I was little, I wanted to do this. Why didn't they go do that? 
So do you want to be, do you want to be like them younger people? Maybe I'm talking to you today, but it's not too late for you older folks. I'm not, don't, I don't want to offend anybody. Oh, man. Because you older folks need to teach the younger generation how to cook. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we're just too offended. That's what it is. But um, I'm chasing rabbits. I got to get back on. But be obedient. Be obedient to what God is calling you to do, what he's wanting you to do. Do not sit down someday and say, man, I wish I would have went and done that. Because you're never going to know unless you try. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, we'll never know. We'll never know. Um, you know, I thought I wanted to play. I'm going to tell a story, another story here in a minute. I thought I wanted to play professional baseball. And, and uh, I, I was high school, you know, I was pretty good and left-handed and could throw pretty hard, had a good curveball and uh, had some colleges looking at me and, and doing some things. And I, th- I really thought that's what God was going to do. But little did I know, my baseball dream would actually lead me to northeast Oklahoma to where I started my rodeo career. <clears throat> That's good, isn't it? I didn't even have that written down. That was good. <laughs> but I had this dream of playing ball and had all these colleges looking at me, and, and I was going down to northeast Oklahoma to, to pitch and uh, to throw a bullpen session, and I pulled into the parking lot, and, man, God was like, man, you're, you're going to go to school here, but, I mean, put the glove up, man. <laughs> like, you're not going to play no more baseball after high school. Your senior year, that's it. That's it. And part of me was like, mm, man, I was kind of disappointed, but then part, the other part of me, I was excited, you know. I was 18 years old, fixing to leave home and, and uh, go to school, and I just knew I was supposed to be involved in the ag program, and... and it's all led to, to what I'm doing now, and I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for that. So with that being said, sometimes your dream is going to lead you somewhere else. Um, and that's my next part of this is probably the, the, the key to this whole message today. So swallow your pride. Swallow your pride. Because I'm just going to be, I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, God had some mercy on me on the baseball field, okay? Because when, when I was a freshman in high school, my, uh, my eighth grade year, the summer that I was going to be a freshman, we had summer ball, Legion, and I got to go with the varsity and pitch some games. And now note that there, the number, some of the numbers, like we didn't have as many kids at that time that were playing summer ball because all these coaches were going through this deal where you can't play basketball, football, and baseball. You got to pick two, which kids, I'm here to tell you, play all three because every sport's going to help you with the other sport. Um, but I just remember, I'm like, man, I'm going to, I may be playing varsity this year as a freshman in high school. And uh, I just remember walking around thinking that, and I, I, was, I had my head way up high, and my head's already big enough. This is a seven and a half American. And uh, so it doesn't need to get any bigger. But there's a story, there's a story that was told about Benjamin Franklin. And uh, he was visiting this pastor. And this pastor was like, hey, I want to I wanna show you all these books, all these books in my, in my back room. He's like, okay, yeah, let's go check that out. And um, they're walking through here. And this pastor guy looks around. And Ben Franklin's walking through the door. And he's yelling, stoop, stoop. As in, duck your head. And the next thing you know, like this beam right here, if you're seven foot tall, you are going to have a whelp on your head if you don't duck. But next thing, next thing they know, Ben Franklin, he's hit his head on this beam. And that guy's like, I was trying to tell you to stoop, stoop, as in duck, duck your head. And what a great, what a great uh, illustration to not walk around with your head way up high. Don't walk around and be prideful. Swallow your pride. Humble yourself, because God can humble you. <laughs> and he did. He humbled me on the baseball field. So my freshman year, I remember practice had started. Man, my arm was feeling good, and, and uh, I was just starting to develop as a player. And uh, I weighed about 185 pounds, and I was almost six foot, left-handed, and had a great coach that was focused all about pitching, and, like, that was what I was going to do. And I remember that first week of practice, I hurt my arm. And uh, I didn't get to touch a baseball for six months. So he will humble you. 
He will humble you. You know, it's funny, as I was preparing for this sermon, I didn't even realize that that's what was going on until this week, looking back. Man, I was so blinded. I was so frustrated. Like, why in the world is my arm hurting all the time? I cannot throw this baseball. Like, there was times I would go out on the mound. I, I remember after, even after I got released, I was still doing therapy. There was one game in the summer. I threw three pitches. And, I mean, the first pitch, I was like, oh, man, something ain't right. And the next pitch, something wasn't right, and that kid hit it off the wall. And the, next, the very next pitch, the kid hit a home run. And I think a lot of people thought that I just wanted out of the game because those kids were streaming it all over the field. But I was, man, I was hurting. Like, my arm was just, it was just shaking. And I'd never been in so much pain in my life. And that was just humbling. Like, and it still, it just dawned on me this week that that's what God was doing. He was just humbling me. Like, hey, lower your head. You're not that good, you know. <laughs> and uh, so that door closed my senior year. And uh, it turned out good. You know, I was, able, I was able to throw my junior and senior year and have a lot of success. And I was on a great, great ball team, had a lot of fun, a lot of great memories. But, um, you know, we're supposed to humble ourselves. And, um, you know, as I, was, I was asking Hannah's with me today, and I was asking her, she's an ag teacher, um, about hum- like, what, like what's a good example of humbling yourself um, in your career? And she said, well, you know, she's a second-year teacher, and uh, she said all the time kids will come ask her these questions. And she's kind of like, you know, like she has to walk around because she's the leader of that classroom. And she's got to let them kids know that she's in charge. But when they come up and ask her something that she don't know, she's kind of like, well, I don't know. There's just some things they don't teach you at Oklahoma State, I guess. <laughs> all right, that one, set, that one set, set it up good for that one. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome, OU fans. No, I'm just kidding. No, there's just some things they don't teach you in school. And, uh, you know, she was saying, you know, it's humbling when they come ask me questions. I'm like, well, you know, I actually don't know the answer to that, but let's find out. So that's when you call another ag teacher, you call a friend, or call somebody that might have an answer. And, you know, it happens like that all the time, even in my business of announcing, and the cattle business for sure. I mean, I I call guys all the time like, hey, what do you think about this? I, I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. And I think that's a good thing to do. Don't be prideful. Swallow your pride. It's okay. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to have other people help you. And it's sure okay to be humble as you're going through this journey because God will, he will humble you himself. I've seen it. I've been there. And you know, not every story is the same, but that's just, that's my story. So Proverbs sixteen eighteen is uh, pride goes before destruction and before a fall. So that's the first thing. That's the first thing to this. And uh, is, is this the one where I had the, okay, you want to go, let's go back to that. This is good, yeah. Pride is the first chapter in the book of failure. So if you want to fail, Hold your head up real high. I hope you hit your head on that beam so hard you get a black eye. Maybe it knocks you out. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. But seriously, that's the first part of the book of failure is pride. Don't be prideful. Swallow your pride. Humble yourself. Because if you don't, it's not going to work. And everybody, I bet if I said you come up here, you come up here and share a story, you come up here and share a story, every one of you guys could share a moment in your life where that statement stands true. Can we agree on that? Because nobody in here is perfect. Nobody's in here, nobody in here is perfect. So humble yourselves. And the next verse is Proverbs 18. It says, Hotness goes before destruction, humility, and precedes honor. And once again, it's just, it's written. It's written right there in front of us. Humble yourself. Be obedient. Don't be prideful. Do not be prideful. And our next part of the slide is... Uh, We were sitting down before. I I had another name for this, but we come up with this one, the door. I mean, this is cliche, I know, I know. But God is the one that's going to open and close doors. He is going to open and close doors, no matter what that dream is. And, uh, you know, he opened doors for me. Like when I got to college, um, you know, I got there because of baseball. That door, that door was shut, no longer. 
That first week of school, I got involved in a cowboy church at Afton. I was playing music over there. And uh, all that, all that led me to Justin McKee, who helped me get my start in the announcing business. And um, God has opened so many doors. He has closed so many doors in my life. And uh, I'll tell you, it's funny. This is, this is, you may not think it's funny. But at the beginning of the year, I, I told myself that 2019 was going to be my year of faith. And uh, when I, what I mean by that is, is this year, this year I had to turn down, uh, I had to turn down a few PRCA rodeos. And uh, in our business, that is just, whew, man, that's so hard. Because when, when these guys are in, they're in. Like they're, these guys will announce these rodeos for 20, 30 years if they like you. So when you turn down a pro rodeo, I mean, your chances of getting it again are very, very slim. And, uh, but I had prior, prior commitments, prior commitments this year. So I had, to, I had to be at those rodeos. And um, I just remember saying at the beginning of the year, I'm like, man, I cannot, I cannot let this happen in 2019. So here I am. I, I've told a few people over the phone, I am professing this to a body of believers right now. 2019 is my year of faith. Because I'm going to turn down some rodeos that I don't think I'm supposed to be at. Like, it's not about the money anymore. It's about where does God want me to go. Maybe it might not even be announcing rodeos. Maybe there might be a weekend next summer. Maybe I'm supposed to come here to share a message for somebody that's sitting in that seat. Maybe I'm, you know what I'm saying? Maybe I'm supposed to turn down a rodeo to come here. Maybe I'm supposed to turn down that rodeo because there's another big rodeo that's fixing to call me. I don't know. That's what the cool thing about this dreaming deal is. We don't know. It's not our job to know. It's just our job to be obedient and to humble ourselves and to not be prideful and just get out of the way and just let God step in and let him do the work because he will do the work if we just let him. If we just let him. And um, so I told there's a guy from Texas. Um, his name is Johnny Morris, and he'll if we're recording this today, I'm sure he'll listen to it later. It's not the guy that owns Bass Pro. Uh, that's in headquartered in Springfield. Sometimes when Johnny will call me, it'll, my phone will be sitting on the dash. I have some friends with me, and Johnny Morris is calling. I'll call him back later. I'm sure he's just wanting to give me a bass boat or something. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that one. But Johnny Morris has been a uh, big influence on me um, in my spiritual walk. And wouldn't you know that I met him through Justin? And uh, Johnny, no, really no connection to the rodeo world. I mean, they've done some ministry stuff at the national finals. But, um, man, he's just been there for me, and he's always encouraging. And he's, uh, he's been the guy that goes into, like, college locker rooms before a football game, and he pumps the team all up and before they head out to the football field. I mean, he's just a motivational guy. And I told him, I said, Johnny, I said, 2019, I said, I'm turning down some rodeos because I think that I'm, I'm, I need to make myself available. And uh, and I and I'm I don't know what rodeos that is yet because I really I don't have very many booked right now, and it's because I I feel like I'm supposed to be very picky and very choosy about where I go, and I'm just so thankful that I'm in a spot um, financially that I can do that, and um, and I just want to watch God open doors. But here's my here's my story. So the last three years I've been announcing Canadian Texas, and. Uh, I didn't know if I was going to share this story today or not, but I just really feel like I'm supposed to. But I told Johnny at the beginning of the year, I said, man, 2019, that's my year. I'm going to step out on faith and just wait on the phone to ring. And and uh, Canadian Texas, they uh, hired another announcer for 2019. And at first, I was a little upset because that's a pretty good rodeo and it pays pretty good. And uh, when this other announcer called me and, uh, and said that he had got the job, I was just kind of like, well, okay. And, uh, and I, was, I told God, I said, I wasn't going to give that one up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but I sat there for a second. I was kind of frustrated, a little aggravated, as, as that's our natural instinct to do. And... Uh, as longer I sit there, the more I realize, like, man, God has got some 4th of July rodeo that's going to be big. It's going to be, and it, and it may not be, it may not be bigger than Canadian, but maybe I'm supposed to be there for another reason, you know? 
I mean, maybe there's a ministry opportunity somewhere. And uh, I'm just excited. I'm just excited because because God closed the door, closed the door on Canadian. So where am I going to go next? I don't know. I don't know. I'm excited to see what doors he's going to open and close next, though. And our scripture for this is Revelation 3, 7. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. This is the message from the one who is holy and true, the one who has the key of David. What he opens, no one can close, and what he closes, no one can open. There's only certain, there's some doors that only God can open. There's only doors that God can shut, that only God can shut. And I'd say, I I didn't have this written down, but one of the biggest moments of my life happened this year over Labor Day weekend and it was a step of faith. Justin had called me and he said, hey, look, Corey, I want, you to, I want you to come with me to Ellensburg, Washington. I want you to book a plane ticket and I want you to come to Ellensburg. And I'm like, man, that'd be really fun, really fun. And Ellensburg is one of the top ten rodeos of the year. And I mean, it's right there at crunch time and, and all, the, all the top guys in the world are, are there and they're trying to get into the NFR. I mean, there's a lot of money to be won in Ellensburg. And I said, all right, I'll do it. So, and he told me, he said, now look, he said, I don't care if you have a rodeo or not. He said, you need to, don't, don't book a rodeo, book a plane ticket to Ellensburg. And I was like, okay, fine, fine. (laughs) So I did. And wouldn't you know, a couple of weeks later, he calls me and he says, hey, you'll never believe what happened. The guy that does the pre-show and opening ceremonies at that rodeo for the Indian dances and there's an autograph party afterwards, he's not going to be there this year. And the committee called him and was like, what are we going to do? And he said, oh, my gosh, Corey's already got a plane ticket. Like, he's already got a plane ticket booked to come out there. And uh, that is so cool because that's a, that's a door only God can open. Nobody else could have opened that. I mean, Ellensburg, Washington, the, one of the biggest rodeos on the planet, some no-name kid from Conway, Missouri gets the call. I mean, that's pretty awesome. And I don't say, no, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want a round of applause. For that. I'm, God deserves a round of applause. That was him. That was all him. And, and it was so crazy because I had to turn down three events after I, after I booked the plane ticket. I was a nervous wreck. I was like, man, how am I going to make any money this year if I, if I keep booking these plane tickets just for, to go hang out with Justin, you know? And, uh, man, that one finally worked out. It was so good, so good. And um, so that is the, uh, that's the end of that one. So our next, our next one, I've got a note that I'm supposed to read something off my iPad or my phone here. And um, let's see here. What's our title? Did we, did we come up with, ha- yeah, haters are going to hate. I'm, I'm sure you guys have heard that slang. And uh, there's going to be people... There's going to be people that are going to try to stand in your way of your dream. They're going to try to cut you down. They're going to try to destroy you, um, say things and do things. But I'm here to tell you what God or what people intend for harm, God intends for the good. And um, I'm going to read you this story um, out of this devotion. And, uh, oh, let's see. Let's get here. We're on five. So there's my devotion. There we go. Um, the story of Joseph and his heartless brothers. His heartless brothers fakes his death. We're talking about Old Testament stuff. Selling him to human traffickers. And things go from bad to worse, and Joseph ends up in an Egyptian dungeon 13 years later in the most amazing rise to political power ever. Joseph becomes Pharaoh's right-hand man. And that's when his brothers came begging for food, but instead of taking revenge on his brothers... Joseph says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done and the saving of many lives. And, um, you know, they put, they put Joseph's, you know, um, they, they put, they, his brothers put him into slavery and, you know, they hated him. They hated him because of his dream. They mockingly called, they mockingly called him the dreamer. The dreamer. And, man, I run into stuff like this all the time. I mean, people are like, oh, my goodness, like, that's never going to happen. And, you know, that is so discouraging to hear that. So discouraging to hear that. But I just want you to know that what people intend for bad, God intends for the good. And there's going to be people, like, why do you think those people are thrown at you? It's because you're fixing to do something big, right? 
You're fixing to do something that only God can do. And so Satan, the enemy, the enemy's real. I mean, he's real. And it is a full-time battle every day. Every day is a battle to, uh, to keep on keeping on. And, and our mind is our worst enemy. Our, literally, our mind. And when people show up and they tell us that we can't do something, our flesh is saying, oh, yeah, you know, these people are right. No, those people are wrong. Step aside. Step aside because my God's in charge. And you step through. You step through. And you know what? You're going to offend some people. I've offended a lot of people over the years. Some good, some bad. Um, You've got to decide um, who. My advice. You know, they offended the Pharisees, those who nitpick and be, uh, be little while walking apart from the Spirit of God. Jesus did this very kind of offending with um, internationality and regularity. But your dream is going to ruffle some feathers, but don't play chicken. Operate in a spirit of bold humility. Take their comments. Take them. Take them in. Just let them go in one ear and out the other, knowing that God goes before you. Because he is. He's already before you. He's, done, he's doing stuff right now that, that, is, that, is your, that you're predestined to do. And uh, we'll put Genesis uh, 50, 20 up here. It says, you intend to harm me, but God intended it for good. He brought me in this position so I could save the lives of many people. And he did. He did. That's exactly what happened. So sometimes there's going to be some things happen. People are going to try to hurt you. It happens all the time in this business, in my business, in the cattle business. People are going to try to hurt you. Teachers are going to try to hurt you. They're going to try to run you down. They're going to, you know, you're too young. Like, why? You're, you're new here. Like, why do you get to take off so much time, you know? Like, all, all this stuff. And our next point is, is, is another very important part to this whole thing. And uh, I like the title of this one, okay? I really do. Um, let's party. Is that one up there? Yeah. Let's party. <laughs> and not, not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. But you know, one of our biggest problems, one of our biggest problems as believers, we don't celebrate enough. We don't celebrate the things God has done enough. And you know, another thing to that, we got to celebrate for the things that he's fixing to do. The things that he hasn't done, but the things that we believe through faith that are going to be done for his kingdom. And, um, you know, in the scripture we're fixing to put up, we'll put it up there here in just a second. But Samuel built an altar signif- um, after the Israelites pulled off an upset victory. Huh, yeah, gosh, the Israel- if you want to talk about some people who didn't listen to God, they were disobedient. Read about the Israelites. They were lost forever, and God would show up and do all these miracles, and they were like, yay, and then they'd get stepped through again and be like, where's God? I mean, it's just crazy. But Samuel built an altar after it was all said and done, signifying that the Lord had helped them up to this point. So that was to honor him. They celebrated by putting an altar out to remind them that God was in control the whole time, and he's brought them this far, so why is he going to turn you loose now? Why would he... Why would God bring me through all these doors just to send me back home? I mean, that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, because it's hard, like it's, it's hard looking at my schedule and seeing that there's some open dates on there. I'm like, oh my goodness, like how's this, how's this going to work? Like, but you know, at the end of the day, God has brought me this far. Why in the world would he turn me out now? As long as I'm being obedient and I'm not hitting my head on beams, swallowing my pride... And just knowing that he's in control. And I let him. That's the thing. Let God be in control. You can't do it by yourself. I can't get up here and speak to you. This is not me speaking to you right now. I promise you. This is not me. This is not me. He's brought you this far. He's not going to leave you. The greatest shortcoming is not feeling bad. It's not feeling bad for what we haven't done right. It's not feeling good enough about what God has done. And I think that's, that stands true. I'm going to read it again. The greatest shortcoming is not feeling bad for what we haven't done right. It's not feeling good enough about what God has already done. So what, what's the answer to that? We've got to celebrate more. We've got to give God praise more. Like, I know, like, looking at that calendar again, I'm like, man, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that these, that these uh, dates are going to be filled. And be specific, 
be specific on what that is. Like, where, like where do I want to go? And I'll just be honest with you. I put the four letters in front of every weekend, PRCA. Now, that, that is not for me. Like, this is, I'm not doing this so I can, it can be all about Corey and take me all the way up here. I'm doing this so when I, someday as I sift my way through, I can look back and people are like, man, how did you do it? I'm like, man, God opened all these doors. Like, this was not me. This was not me. Like, only, only God can do this. And, you know, it's, it's, given, me a, it's given me a platform to stand on and, and uh, to minister. But we can celebrate right now on stuff that he's done. We can celebrate right now. Like, right now, I'm kind of, I, I don't know how it's going to work. I just, I just bought this farm. It's right across the road from my parents' house. And I've had cows on it for three or four years, been leasing it. And um, I, I don't have my own place yet. Because all summer, I live out of my horse trailer. Like, I'm gone. I think this year is going to be about 100, almost 200 nights away from home. So you sit there and think about that, and you're like, what is the purpose of having a house right now when you're only home 165 days, you know? And, those, and that's just for two or three days at a time. But here lately, I've been feeling this, this call to step out and to either build something or maybe buy something that's close by so I can move out of my folks' house. And uh, some of y'all are thinking, well, how are you 25 and still living at home? Well, I just told you why. I stay on the road for 200 days out of the year. Cut the band some slack. <laughs> and my mom cooks really good. So, I mean, that's just, you just got to do what you got to do. But, um, but that's where I'm at right now. Like, so I'm celebrating. Like, I've been, last time I was here, I think I talked, I talked about circling your biggest dreams. So last time I, I talked about, you know, getting inspired to be a dreamer. Now I'm talking about, let's go do it. And uh, so I've been writing down, you know, my house, my house, where I'm supposed to live, where am I supposed to be? It may not even be in southwest Missouri. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I wasn't supposed to buy this farm. I don't know. I mean, all that has worked out. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say, okay, like, I think that's supposed to happen. But what's next? What's next? So I'm celebrating for my new home right now, and I don't even know where it's going to be, what it's going to look like. Um, but I hope it has a really big porch and a nice kitchen so I can eat. <laughs> but um, our, our scripture for celebrating is 1 Samuel 7, 12. It says, Samuel then took a large stone and placed it between the towns of um, Mesphah and Jezaniah. I think that's Jezaniah. He named it Ebenezer, which means this stone of help. For he said, up to this point, the Lord has helped us. And um, Mark Batterson at their church, I, I know I've been talking a long time. At their church, they have a coffee house, and it's named, it's named Ebenezer Coffee House. And because God has done all this cool stuff through his church and through his ministry, and, uh, and that's what they did to give God, to remind them that God is in control and God has brought them this far. They built this coffee shop. And it has been a great platform uh, for people to come and see and, and to get them in church. And it's a, it's a cool deal. But we all need that peace that we can celebrate with. So what, what can we do? What can we do to celebrate? Um, first off, we just need to celebrate more. Let's celebrate more of what he's fixing to do. And our next slide, and I think a couple, not last time, but the time before, I actually focused on this scripture, Jeremiah 1, 5. We don't have to put it up there yet. This one's called, He Knows You. He formed you. And, uh, you know, He knows what you're supposed to do. He knows what you've been called to do. It's been instilled inside of you. It's our job to be obedient, to step out in faith, to go do it. And I feel like I've been repeating myself, but man, it just, it makes so much sense that that's what we're called and created to do. You know, David... David didn't reign over millions of people's, you know, millions of, of people and have kingdoms, but the Psalms he has written, they have inspired billions, billions, because he's the one that wrote, that wrote the book of Psalms. And, um, and I'm sure in his mind, you know, he was thinking that he was going to reign over something of a kingdom, but man, it turns out that he has inspired so many of us, and that's what he was called to do. And just because something isn't part of your life right now doesn't mean that it's not a part of your destiny. Um, you know, I'm, I, I may be speaking for Justin, but I, I feel like Justin, 
when he was in his prime, you know, he was doing the biggest. He was doing the Shine Frontier days. He had Ellensburg still, St. Paul, and he had been doing the Calgary Stampede, I think, a couple years. Like, he was in his prime, doing the PBR World Finals. He was all over the place, and that's what he wanted to do. But since then, he's been in, drifted into this ministry, and I think it excites him more to send me places and watch me be successful than it does for him to be successful. Does that make sense? And um, so that's what, that's what that means. Maybe it's not a part of your destiny. You know, when Justin was there, and he was, he was going more, and then all of a sudden it just kind of quit and it died off. But now this young kid comes along, and he can help him out and give him opportunities and just watch him succeed. That's a part of his destiny, his destiny. And, you know, it's really cool. I don't have this wrote down. It's crazy how the spirit works. So two years ago, I got to coach junior high baseball. And if you've never been a junior high baseball coach, then you have not lived your life yet. Um, <laughs> dealing with junior high boys. But, you know, it's so cool. I remember several years ago, God saying to hang up the glove. And then two years ago, I had the chance to coach these boys. And it was kind of cool because I played ball with a lot of their brothers. They were my age. So I knew all these little turds. And, uh, and we had a lot of fun, but isn't that so cool? Like that was a part of my destiny, like the baseball thing. I got to go back. I got to go back and help these kids succeed at something they love to do that I once loved to do. It's okay. God changes. Sometimes God changes the course of where we're supposed to go, um, but it's always going to benefit him. Just remember that. It will benefit him. He's working his plan, whether you know it or not. Your past is your preparation for your future. The past is your preparation for your future. And I'm just here to tell you, I know I'm, a, I'm an announcer, and, I, and I'm dreaming about going to some big places that I have no control over. But at the end of the day, my job is to tell people about Jesus everywhere I go. I want to inspire people. You know, I want to I tell, tell people who are broken and, and down and, and suffering, and I, I just want to tell them, man, God loves you. That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. And there's so many ways we can do that. You know, when I show up to a rodeo, like there's sometimes, like I'm not in a very good mood, like it's 110 degrees outside. I don't handle the heat very well. And you got to set these speakers and do all this stuff, and sometimes I can be kind of bitter. And I need to check myself, swallow my pride, and realize that, I'm there for a much greater purpose than just to announce the rodeo. There's been a lot of people that we've crossed paths with that, uh, that I've had a chance to minister to because of the position that I'm in. And I know you guys, you guys have all got that too. You're in a position right now where you have a chance. You have a chance to spread the love of Jesus through your dream, your God-given dream. Man, if your dream does not scare you, it is not big enough. It's not big enough. If your dream is just to wake up every day, go to work, come home, watch Walker, Texas Ranger, and then eat some dinner and go to bed and do it all over again the next day, that's, that's not, I mean, just, you're not contributing. I do like Walker, Texas Ranger, okay? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> the good guy always wins. Um, but no, I just, want, I just want to tell people about Jesus everywhere I go. No matter where he sends me, where I'm going, because I don't know. 2019, I don't know. I told you, it's my year of faith. And maybe 2019 needs to be your year of faith. You know, there's another story that I didn't share about this lady who wanted to start a coffee shop. That was her lifelong dream. And she, uh, it, it was an example out of this book, Chase the Lion. She started this coffee shop because she had read another book by Mark Batterson, The Circle Maker. And so she went out and she started her own coffee shop. And then it says that Mark, it was close by, so Mark would go in there every once in a while. Every time he was in this town, he would go by this coffee shop um, just because it inspired him because somebody was living their dream through him because that was his dream is for people to do that. Well, a couple years go by, and he goes and visits that place. Well, it shut down. It shut down. And that leads me to this. Sometimes God is going to call us to do something, but it's all, all this is all temporary. Note that it's all temporary. Because, you know, as the further I get into this, I mean, who knows? Who knows where my career might lead me? It may not have anything to do with announcing. 
my flesh and my mind, I want to I want to announce until I die. But it may it may change. It could change. But just like that baseball career, I wanted to play baseball. That door shut. It shut, and it led me to this one, to where I'm at now. And then a couple years later, I got to go back to the baseball field and let some kids have some success on the diamond. Nothing better. Nothing better. But look, chase your dreams. Chase the line. Sometimes we're going to be under attack. Step up to the plate. Take a big swing. Take a big swing. Get your Henry out for your Texas Ranger. (laughs) But, uh, man, God's going to do some big things. He's going to do some... I tell, you, I tell you what your line is right now, and I, I have no, I'm no, not affiliated with this place at all. Just, I just come here and speak every once in a while. But I know you guys are in search of a pastor. That's your line. That's your line right now. You guys are in need of a pastor. You know what? Maybe it's one of you. Hmm? You ever thought of that? Maybe somebody's sitting up there, and they're like, oh, like I've been thinking about that. I don't know. Yes. Yes. And if you're, you ought to be scared to death right now. If your dreams don't scare you, they are not big enough. Maybe that's, maybe that's what you're supposed to be doing. So you guys are looking for a pastor. Chase the lion. Chase the lion. Believe that, believe that God's going to send you, send you the right couple. A good man, and he's got a good wife, and you, get, you guys need a band up here. Man, I'm telling you, God has got that under control. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, okay? Don't. <laughs> he's, he's got it all under control. And sometimes we're scared to death, but it's okay. It's okay. Just be obedient, swallow your pride, and go after it. Get after it. And there's going to be people around the community that are going to tell you that this deal's not going to work. But it's going to. And someday you're going to get to look back, and you don't have to... Like those people are going to come back. Then here's how, here's how it's going to happen. We're going to go to Pizza Hut after. Is there a Pizza Hut in this town? Okay, we got to beat the Baptist there. What time is it? I'm just kidding. <laughs> there's a Pizza Hut in this town. We're all going to go there, and there's going to be people. Why are you going over there to that Thousand Hills Ranch Church? That deal's not going to work. It's going to fall apart. Like it's been a it's been a bad deal from the start. That's not true. That's not true. It's just the beginning of this journey. It's just the beginning of this journey. And just know that God's got it under control. He's, he's a part of it. And those people, the same people that are going to say it's not going to work, here in about five years, they're going to walk in, and that's where they're going to start coming to church. Amen? Amen. That's right. But, hey, that's, that's what I got for you. So let's dream. Let's dream big. Let's go get it. Chase lions. Be prepared to fight everything that you do. It creates your own destiny, wherever that may be, where you may be leading. Um, and let God lead the way. And get, get around some people who love him and get around some other people who have the same kind of dream you do because they're going to help you all the way. But I want to pray with you before we leave. Heavenly Father, we just uh, come to you today, and Lord, we are just so, so thankful for lions. Father, For we thank you that that sometimes that we have to bear down and we got to fight for what you instill inside of our hearts. Father, I thank you that, that dreams are supposed to scare us, Father. They're supposed to scare us because we're supposed to go after things that only you can handle. Things that only you can do. Doors that you can only open. Doors that you can only shut, Father. That's what we're supposed to do in this life. That's what, This is what everything else of being a Christian revolves around what we talked about today. Dreaming big. The moment the moment we stop dreaming is the moment that we stop living. And Father, we just want to keep living for you. We just want to keep seeking after you. And we want to keep chasing what's coming after us. And we want to meet it head on and take it down. Father, I pray that we can just humble ourselves today. And we can just swallow our pride. And Lord, I thank you that we can celebrate. Father, we can thank you for what you've done and what you're fixing to do. And and. Father, that we can get ready for the big celebration. Because, Father, at the end of the day, you are going to get the victory. We want to credit you with everything we do. Father, I lift up this church. Lord, I just lift up their pastor right now. Whoever that may be, Father, I pray that you start working on him. 
and that you would just nourish his heart. Father, I pray that you would just open doors and shut doors, Father, that the right person could step through those double doors in the front, Father, and just be ready to lead this, this set of sheep to the, through the next journey. Father, I thank you for a worship team. I thank you for singers. I thank you for drummers, guitar players, piano players. Father, I thank you for more people to help inside this building. Father, with, with sound and, and door ministry and arena teams. Father, all the teams that are involved, I thank you for your, that you're going to send these people to help further this ministry that you started through someone else's vision. Lord, I just love you so much. Father, I thank you for letting me be a part of this service today. I thank you that these people are going to take what you gave them. Father, and they're going to be able to run with it. I love you so much. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.